Hello, hello, and welcome again to the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode where myself, Tom and Richie discuss newly announced games coming to Stadia, potentially big price movements in the streaming market, why is the internet being so negative towards Google Stadia, all of that and much, much more in this week's podcast. So without further delay, on to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two, the sequel of our Sounds of Stadia podcast. This week, I'm joined by the usual suspects, the techie teacher himself, Tom. Hello. Hello, Tom. And alongside him, uh, my other co-host, I've dubbed him Mr. Amiga himself, Richie. <laughs> Mr. Amiga. I Mr. can't Amiga. remember anything about the Amiga. <laughs> you had one, though. You had one. So yes, that's now one. your official name until something better comes along. <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so welcome to episode two, the sequel. Um, welcome to you again. Uh, hopefully you both had good weeks uh, and you got plenty of gaming. How are we both feeling this week? I'm ready for it. Bring it on. You're ready. Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Dust it off that Let's Amiga. Go. Great. So I wanted to start this week, I think, by thanking everyone who listened uh, to our first episode last week uh, and for scribing, uh, subscribing and sharing our podcast with their friends and families and whoever else they wanted to, their enemies, maybe even. Um, I think you gentlemen, you both said you both had to listen back to self. Sounds of your own voices. Sounds horrible, cringy. Yep, uh, especially in podcast form but yes i think we all wanted to say thank you for actually taking the yeah, precious so minutes much. out of your life uh, and actually listening to our subtle voices uh so this week we've got an action-packed uh show quite a bit of stories went down so i thought we'd start off by actually segmenting um this episode and get some actual structure in place um by starting with as i dubbed previously until we come up with a better name uh, the super sexy, I can't even say it now, the super sexy <laughs> special stadia story segment, or aka the news. The news. Uh, <laughs> for sure. It's just like a slow leak for sure. That is so an the awful news. sound for audience. Is, I'd imagine so, yes. <laughs> Apologies in advance um, to my Texan fan base out there, which apparently we've got now. I need to give a shout out to it as a different state every, uh, every week. So I think I'll go with Florida this week. All right. So all them Floridians out there listening in. Welcome so it's going to be interesting next week because he's just used up all the states he knows. Uh, actually, no, <laughs> I know a few more. I've been to a few more, so I'll, I'll tick them. Once I've run out of those, that's when we'll uh, start Googling uh, to find other lists. Uh, but to start off with then, gentlemen, story number one, I think uh, big news landed this week. We spoke about it in our chat group. Um, one, Red Dead Redemption 2 has been announced for Google Stadia at launch. What, what are our thoughts cracker. on that? What a cracker. Can you imagine? I mean, getting Rockstar on side immediately is, is to me, that's huge. That's huge. Look at the backlog. Look at the number of people who play their games. That oh, is, is something I'm very excited to, uh, to jump into again. Oh, Did you I, haven't, I didn't play it, actually, um, yeah, but I'm very interested. The inter- thing that's interesting for me is, will this support mouse and keyboard? Because Red Dead has never been on PC before. Ah. But so there's a big section of PC gamers out there might be wanting to look at Red Dead, and this could be the option for them. I mean, Stadia does support mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. but does Red Dead? On the well, they've announced it for PC as well. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, it, it is. It is coming to PC as well. So the the date that Rockstar dropped was November the fifth, because suddenly the speculation started blowing up, as saying, "Oh, does that mean Stadia is going to be November fifth? November fifth?" And everybody started jumping on that. But um, as far as it's being confirmed, you know, we know it's going to be a Steam release um, for for PC, uh, Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I, I expect they probably will add it because um, they've got it for, for GTA 5, and I'm pretty sure it's built on the same engine, so it should be okay. Yeah, I would have thought so. So you were saying, Richie, you didn't jump into Red Dead Redemption 2 on console? No, I didn't. What were your reasons for that? Let me hear it. Um, honestly... I was worried, a little worried about how hyped that game was. And although it reviewed well, when I was reading the reviews, it seemed a little dull. The people having the same sort of thing, it takes ages to get anywhere. The lack of fast travel. It just seemed to be like a very well-polished game. That seemed a little boring, to be honest, yeah. from what I was reading of the reviews. And that's kind of, it kind of put me off a bit. So I thought I'd wait till things died down a bit, let more people get their hands on before I invest. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I played through... I loved Red Dead Redemption 1, I think, which mm-hmm. everyone did, undoubtedly. It was definitely a product um, of its time, and it was one of the best ones probably of, of last generation. Um, I jumped into Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, from launch, played through the entire campaign, um, loved loads of it. Um, the character development, the the character acting, I think we, we can't deny Rockstar how good they are at building them relationships out. Um, to a point, yeah, there's, there's lots of people you kind of... You kind of know through playing it what I think they always do. They did with the Grand Theft Auto games. You kind of get a really good feel for that world, and you almost don't need to refer to the map because it's so fleshed out and so detailed. You know where you are in that world, and to get from point A to point B, you could almost do it freely without the use of a separate UI or a map, mm. um, which is I think what they do really, really well. But it's completely right there, Richie. There was points in that game where I just felt dragged so, so much, and a big part of that for me was the the travel concept. Um, yes, you could brush your horse. Yes, you could feed your horse. Um, you could replace it. You could kill it. You could do infinite many things with that horse that you wanted to do. Um, it is an 18-rated game. Um, but the the reality was there was big chunks of that game where I felt like I was just traveling for traveling's sake and nothing was happening. I think part of that comes from the fact that, you know, the premise of the game, the Wild West, you know, you're exploring, mm-hmm. exploring a new frontier and so on there. But I, I do see that. I mean, I had a good chunk of time to put into the online for it as well when the beta was launching. Mm-hmm. And the online felt to me, it, it was sorely disappointing. Um, compared to GTA V online, um there there just wasn't a lot to do do you think down to the limitations of what's in the game like the technology there's no flying cars there's no guns there's no helicopters it's very much horse and carriage i just think that at launch they hadn't prepared an on like a a, a quality online um area of content really so it it just really felt like you could go into it you could just shoot people that there were no there were no real challenges or anything to it nothing to do other than just racing people and killing each other yeah that was about it but wasn't gta 5 like that online initially at launch because they're very focused on the single player experience and then they'll develop the online as it goes that's kind of what happened with gta 5 and it's why it's still working so well for them right now yeah absolutely so this is why i'm sort of feeling like when it comes out on stadia i am going to engage with it again because i sort of i feel like at the time that um rdr2 came out it was very you know uh, single player story driven and so on but because the online element wasn't fleshed out i never really got a a good chance to experience everything they were releasing for it so now with it coming out essentially a second release um on stadia and on pc that might be what it needs to sort of kick up their sales and also like get me get me engaging with it again because i love the rockstar games absolutely love them so yeah i'm excited to see what happens with it yeah um i think for for me i I played a bit of the online multiplayer also um with one of my friends uh, gary shout to gary yeah shout to gary two r's shout to gary um yeah i played a bit of that with him uh, we jumped on and as you said tom it was very much just hunt people down do the races on the horse um which again that once you'd done them once or twice it became very very repetitive quite quickly um we found difficulties with just being hunted by random people and it was fun initially. Yeah, they'd kill us, we'd kill them. And then we ended up just spawning almost not that far away from each other, which I'm sure they've fixed that and they've, they've moved people wrong and people who were just in there to be pretty much assholes, really. Yeah. Uh, but we found we played for solid half an hour. We've just been followed by this one guy just chasing us all over the map where we went. And I presume that was because we couldn't hide from him. So we just went, tried to get away from him. He'd catch us, we'd kill him, he'd kill us. And then we just wanted to get on with the game and go do something else. But he would, he was persistently just following us. Like we had a, an actual bounty on our heads and he, or he just didn't like our usernames or something. Yeah. And he just had it in for us and there was no way of getting away. And we had to quit that um, kind of server and jump back in. And like you get that loading screen come up and it takes a while and you just think, is it even worth it? Or do I just want to jump back into another yeah. game? Yeah. Um, Things like that so... can always be a bit of a shame where he's probably having a great time hunting you down. Keep find, keep probably if, finding if you having great fun. Yeah. But it's actually then ruining your experience. I think it's just the perils of multiplayer at times. Yeah. When really you're trying is. to coexist in the world. Don't get me wrong, lassoing someone off a horse and then dragging them to the edge of a cliff and leaving them dangling there is quite a lot of fun. Yeah. But when you're on the receiving end of that for two hours straight yeah yeah <laughs> that's it well that's it the fun stop like the initial couple of shootouts were really fun it was like oh this guy's trying to kill us but there's two of us so he kept losing mm. i don't know whether he just thought he was every time he'd get one of us killed and pick us off he was like getting one over on us but it just became <laughs> a bit of like a back and forth and which got all like after a couple of minutes and yeah. um, but yeah i think like like uh, richie um kind of noted towards i think 
uh, Rockstar definitely invest in their games. They're always slow burners. Like, look at Grand Theft Auto. Um, that online community is huge. It's still one of the top uh, MPD selling games every, every week, every yeah. month, somehow. Somehow, <laughs> so everyone doesn't already own that game. I don't think um, anyone quite understands how they're actually doing it. I think it's Rockstar. I think, it's, I think Rockstar just buy them up yeah. every week. They've got a brilliant yeah. business model. It's the, it's yeah. the microtransactions guys from executives from Rockstar just keep buying them over and over and over again. <laughs> and when he goes back in the business, they get that as a bonus and put it back in. Yeah, sometimes do. <laughs> Massage numbers like that. Yeah, but I think what you mentioned as well, um, this is like huge news for Stadia. As yeah. much as we can gush about the game and it got loads of Game of the Year nominations and awards, I think the biggest thing for me is that Rockstar are willing to put their ball with this brand new platform. And I saw on, on Twitter, Phil Harrison, um, the vice president of um, kind of Google, and he was leading up all the Stadia charge. He was um, basically, I think, shared a post from saying, thanks for your collaboration, look forward to work with you in the future. And I think having these on board is is a huge shout out to the kind of the focus and the determination that Google and the money they're putting behind this. Yeah, it's getting it's... that on board just opens up, like you said, Tom, to that portfolio of Rockstar games. Mm. The back catalog's huge. They've been around for years with like really top marquee titles. Yeah. I mean, what else would you guys like to see come across? GTA five. <laughs> yeah, GTA five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a no brainer, isn't it? It's one of the things where yes, it's it must when did it come out originally? It was last gen, so what you're talking, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen? It must be something like that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah twenty thirteen. Yeah, 2013, that's absolutely ages ago. It's almost coming up on on its decade in a couple of years, and it's still, like I said, top-selling game. So for that to get a new breath of life almost on Stadia, whole new player base comes in. Yeah, because it totally needs one. Or people who have kind of fell by the wayside, they might just jump back in. I mean, I haven't played it since I think I got my PS4 and I got the remastered version. Um, will this give me the impetus to jump back in if I can do it in a hotel, if well, I can do yes. it on my phone or tablet? Let's think about it just for a moment, sorry. So GTA 4 came out 2008. GTA 5 came out 2013. GTA 6 on Stadia? I yep. don't know. It'll be 2021. <laughs> I mean, 2021? No, no chance. <laughs> I think that is, that is gone in the oven and that cake will be cooking for a long, long time. Yes, I think. it's true. With the vibrancy um, GTA 5 has, there's no need. I said that they're one of the, it's, been, yeah. it's been in the oven for six years. They're one of these com- <laughs> companies. Well, they can leave it though, because again, they switched over to yeah. Red Dead, it's and true. then they can switch back. But well, again, how how much of a tail does Red Dead coming in arguably the next year? So this is why I'm saying 2021. Yeah, maybe even a launch go, title. I think we're going to go this whole generation without a GDA. Like oh yeah, new, new GDA. My honest. prediction is probably either for next year as a launch title for the, whatever the Xbox and PlayStation bring out, or it's sometime in 2021, for not okay. long after. I think but, we'll want to hit the start of the generation. But regardless, you know, Google now have another AAA developer on board with them. Yeah. So we we can expect to see whatever they release next coming out on Stadia, because if they're on board, it, it, it's very likely, considering the hardware once again, that they will launch with it. So fantastic. Bring up the sales. Yeah, because yeah. if anything, it's a game, as we spoke about last week with all with all the, the flops going around, um, mm-hmm. This it's essentially, it's a PC build. So with Red Dead going on to PC, they've got that legacy of, yeah, if they're going to build it for the highest possible platform, in theory, Stadia is going to be that. So whatever the next gen Xbox, next gen PS5, whatever it's going to end up being called is, is Stadia in theory should always be ahead of the curve in terms of the power it can output. So if you're a developer, why wouldn't you want to make for the the pinnacle top top tier of the tree and just work your way down to other generations? Or and other, once again, uh, sorry, Richie, you go first. Yeah, you've just hit on something that I found interesting there. It effectively removes the upper ceiling for developers. So the, you probably see more developing for Stadia because this is where they can experiment more. Mm-hmm. where you're Absolutely. limited with jet traditional console even limited with pc based on what box someone's got in the house so you can't push too hard because you're cutting off your market in pc it's always well, been that, a problem with pc it. gaming uh, i mean you just have to look at the nintendo switch for how everybody's kind of gone into their back catalogs now and kind of reworking their old coding of these older games because it's easier to to port across almost because yeah you can start off at a top tier and bring the resolution down is a damn sight easier than putting it up Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. You're our techie guy. No, it's always easy right. to, to pull it down, isn't it? To re- yeah. to bring everything, slow everything down, blur them lines a little bit. Um, and like again, The Witcher comes out um, next month, I think, for Switch. Mm-hmm. How will it run? God knows. But yeah, if they're looking at building it for a top tier 
um, specifications, they can just pull it back. So like you said there, Stadia should definitely be the go-to kind of base level and then wind it back if they need be because at the end of the day, it's this PC architecture we spoke about last week. And if you think about uh, the quality of the story-driven games from uh, Rockstar as well, having that having that with you on, a, on essentially you know something you can as you as you're planning on doing, Chris, is taking it uh, to and from location to location with cloud saving as well. You know you'll you'll just be able to constantly be able to move from place to place, take it with you, and just keep diving back into the story. So to me, again, fantastic! Can't wait! Cannot wait! Yeah, I mean even those mundane journeys on that horse. They could be different <laughs> if it's me sat on a train or I've got half an hour while I'm having breakfast, having a meal, doing whatever. You've got that, like those small w- windows of time where traditionally you'd maybe jump on and play a mobile game. And instead now, yeah, I've got 40 minutes here. Just get the tablet out, pair my controller with the internet and I'm away. I can go from point A to point B, get a bounty, go hunt somebody down, do what I need to do. But then when I get to sit down for a, a long gaming session, I've got the three hours on the big TV in the living room when I'm back home. Yeah. So this is this is great. Um, but yeah, if we talk about um, in terms of Rockstar being a big one, does this open the window for other third parties? Those are the big players we mentioned. <laughs> we hope, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we touched I mean, on it last week, but the sports games from EA, they alone can be system sellers. How many people just buy a, a console for FIFA, then pick up other games? Yeah, certainly. I, so I think EA at the moment is a big, big miss for them. Yeah. And if you take is, it, is it in the pipeline? I feel like it's got to be in the pipeline because, again, EA's reputation at the moment, they, they want any kind of positive spin they can get on it. And I think, yeah, supporting a new up-and-coming platform, it's it's the best interest for both parties. Google certainly want them involved just for those yearly, yearly rollover titles. And, again, it fleshes out their portfolio even better once you get all these third parties on because, as you said, Richie, you're getting these annualized titles. That means uh, Stadia is guaranteed one or two sports games or shooter games every every uh, half a year almost at yeah. the current rate um and they are the games that i would want to play on the go personally i haven't bought yeah. fifa for the last two years because it's more of the same however if i had the ability to jump in and just do a quick career match 20 minutes spare and then jump out that's that's fantastic that's the ideal scenario for stadia to work oh, definitely and if you think about the casual gamer who just who just pretty much plays say fifa you with stadia you're basically saying to them you don't have to worry about buying a box again just up your subscription. There you go. Yeah. Buy buy the new game and you're done. You're done. You got to go. It probably fits the plan. Probably fits better for that type of player as well. So surely it's got to be a business deal behind the scenes at the moment. Some you know the the big the big wigs behind the scenes there are probably just hashing out numbers more than anything. Um, but it, it, again, it's just one of these things that it goes hand in hand. If 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 Google are looking to bring on the casual gamer on here, then okay, yeah, bring on those people who do spend their time and spend their money every year with FIFA in the states, you know, Madden, whatever it is. But just again, Google, what what's going on? What's going on? Get EA on board. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Stadia Connect dedicated just to EA at some point in the next yeah. couple of months. The only thing I can picture holding them back is they're very much all these third-party developers. They're trying to launch their own platforms at the moment for subscription-based content. So you've got EA's uh, that's currently running live. I think Ubisoft have got their Uplay thing up and running still, where they're already trying to segment the market by pulling people over to their own subscription. Come to us, you get all your games free for a small monthly subscription. Um if they go Stadia, that might, from a business standpoint, I think undercut their own plans for what they want to roll out next year. Because if they can get you come direct to them and pay for FIFA and they get every penny of the pot, why would they want to segment that again by going, well, I'll tell you what, you could go get it with Stadia, you could go get it with them. So it's, again, it's a delicate balancing act, which I think mm. like, discussions must be going on behind the scenes, putting them chess pieces in place and seeing how this is financially mm. going to best play out. It will be. It'll be dental parties, licensing. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be down to licensing. But yeah. I mean, I completely forgot about EA, like Project Atlas for EA. I just mm-hmm. completely forgot about it. But again, is that because there's not a lot of news to go on with that there? So is that as a result of Stadia's upcoming, you know, upcoming launch? Or is it because of the other platforms and what they're doing in terms of um, xCloud and PS Now as well? I don't know. I don't it know. might be also because EA always seem to be in hot water with something maybe they're trying to change their image before they try and launch this platform because in the current climate with how the internet sees EA you launch a platform and I don't think you get that much uptake 
there's going to be a lot of people out there looking to destroy your chance if you're here. So I think winning people over makes sense for them before the launch, before I they think, push it. I think they will. I, I think ultimately they will They will come to Stadia because, again, yeah. as the discussions we've already had, if, if and and I mean this with all due respect, you know, if EA can get money out of it, they'll ship it. They're a business, but, of course. It, it's a business. It's, it's, it's more yeah. money for them. Yeah, it's the exact same reason why Stadia will want them money. Yeah, it it Mm. works both ways because at the end of the day, these are businesses. I think we always forget we get kind of toiled up with the passion that comes behind these these projects. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is that they they exist to make money, just like we all work to make money. It's that's the way the world works. Um, what are your current takes on like EA? Because again, personally, I don't actually mind them as much as I think they they get a lot of stick for. I play the FIFA games if and when I want. Uh, the Battlefront game wasn't as bad as everyone made out. At launch, yes, it was a bit patchy. There was a few odd things going. But if you play it now, it's vibrant community. It's Star Wars at the end of the day, and they have the license. I'm really excited for Jedi Fallen Order coming up um, next month as well. And at the end of the day, their game, Battlefield and everything, they, they look gorgeous. They usually play well. I've not really got that big a problem because at the end of the day, when it comes to microtransactions, I don't have to buy them. No. My problem so, with them is they are so aggressive with the design of the games around microtransactions. Mm-hmm. That was the problem with Battlefront when on launch, although they U-turn quite quickly on that. And that's, I think that's the problem as well with <laughs> FIFA is actually. Quite often, I think FIFA career mode gets neglected in favour for Ultimate Team because they're constantly making money off Ultimate Team, mm-hmm. which leaves sections who don't care about Ultimate Team, such as myself, but do like career mode and always have. Feeling yeah. a bit let down every time I get a new game, and it's the same as the one that came out four years ago, with just yeah. different rosters. I think it's a it's it's a prophecy here. That's that's you know it sort of exists amongst the big yeah. AAA developers because they they know that people buy it, and and when you have people who are running a business, you know they're going to look at ways that if people if people are putting money into it, they're going to consistently do it. But you know uh, more recently for me, stemming slightly away from EA, you know I I'm really enjoying playing Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled at the moment again, and um, when it first came out, there was no element of microtransaction. But now Activision have pushed microtransaction in by buying the coins that you can use to spend in the game. All and the Wumpa coins. All the Wumpa coins. And now mm-hmm. each Grand Prix that we've seen, so each Grand Prix runs for a month. And what has slowly happened is each Grand Prix has had it has fantastically added new items, which makes the game fresh, but the cost has crept up with all of them. Mm-hmm. And it is harder to earn those coins by playing the game regularly. And now we're sort of in this position once again, where a game that I've really enjoyed has now sort of locked these locked these items, which granted, again, you know, they are purely cosmetic. They don't change the game, but they are locked behind a paywall. Yeah. In a I, way. I don't mind microtransactions for cosmetic, because as long as it isn't impacting the way for this game, I was worried you about to say that effectively they've took the experience you bought on launch and put um, retroactively Pagated things mm. but if it's just cosmetic I, I don't mind that yeah it, i mean there's always an argument to be made to both of them because i'm in the same boat as you are tom where yeah crash team racing love it i love that they're keeping continued support um there's that argument where all of this should have been in the box day one but unfortunately that's not how games are made we could have just got the base package with the base maps which was the remaster of the original but actually, they've added all the extra maps in from the second racing game. I think it was at Nitro Racing. Mm. Uh, and like I said, they continue to support it with new new race maps, new characters, new skins. So it's kind of like you're actually getting more than original. And at the end of the day, these games have to come out eventually. They can't yeah. be in development until the game is the most detailed, fleshed out, most characters ever. And they put it out and it does bad. The whole point of these is it does support them with their ongoing development. And like you said, it keeps that game alive. It breathes fresh life into it. So it's unfortunate. It's a necessary evil, I think, um, that we have to live with. It is, but I think I think the way that I look at it, and I mean, we could talk about my, microtransactions again for, for an entire episode, so hopefully yeah, I won't keep just... it for too long. But, um, you know, very quickly, if the if the initial game price is, is lower than the standard for a AAA title, then I wouldn't mind investing that little bit of money if it keeps me engaged in the game, if I'm constantly enjoying it, and it's, it's giving me a few laughs. But if I'm paying uh, 50, 60 pounds for a fresh release, mm-hmm. and then... As soon as I buy that game, there is stuff locked behind a paywall. Yeah, that's when I start to have a big issue with it. 
Yeah. yeah. I think, again, it's a very delicate balance. If it came mm. out and Crash Bandicoot was behind a paywall yeah. or a grind, that would have been very, very disappointing, I think, initially. But they were quite clever with they didn't add the microtransactions until after all the reviews were out. No, that is <laughs> many, many <laughs> weeks is, yeah. after all the, all the buzz, all the hype. Everyone who wanted it has bought it. Then, like you said, then Surprise. slowly creep in. Yeah, it's, yeah, I can it's very see... tactful on Activision's part. Um, it's probably a bit too sneaky, to be honest. I think yeah. that'll rub a lot of people the wrong way. It has, but again, they've already got their initial sales in there, so it's kind of... It's it's very well, clever from a business point of view. Is again, that what's going to happen in future? Is this going to yeah. become... It's like a, a stealth thing. Yeah, stealth <laughs> transaction that's coming from, in there. As I mentioned, for me, if... You've bought, you've spent your money, you've bought a game, and then they've added things later, and it is additional. Then mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with them adding microtransactions at a later date, as long as the core experience which you paid for is still there, still yeah. intact. So it's very interesting, definitely. Um, so speaking of uh, Crash Team Racing, which is available on Sony platforms, <laughs> uh, we'll move over to story number two, I think, to keep this train ticking over. Um, story number two, um, again. Not to do with Stadia, we think, or mate. Um, Sean Layden, head of uh, Sony Games Studios Worldwide, uh, has left Sony. Wow. Um, and he's been there since 1987, I believe. So that is a, a, a hefty bit of tenure and uh, to just up and pack up and leave. Um, and I think especially... So again, just for those who don't know, this Sean Layden guy is the bloke who shows up on the E3 stage presentations. Obviously not, not this year, but prior years. Uh, he does a lot of the video conferencing, and he's very much been, in my opinion, one of the faces of Sony and PlayStation more recently with the whole resurgence they've had with the PS4. Um, for him to step down at this point, going into potentially a next generation next year, um, what are our thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, you say step down, but the way... Yeah, for someone who's been so integral to Sony and PlayStation over the years to go out with just a whimper, it just... It seemed like, oh, and he's gone. Yeah, because just, just no for clarity's sake, it was, a, it was a Twitter post. It was just, thank you for your service. Have a good look yeah. in future endeavours. No no uh, press release, no kind of PlayStation blog post, nothing as details which you would expect to see from the head of game studios stepping down. You'd expect every developer to come out of the woodwork and thank him for his, his time and his ingenuity and, and f- kind of future leadership. Mm. Um, so obviously the rumour mill is rife um, with what this thinks it means for Mr. Sean Layden. Um, what do we think? Or what do we hope? Well, if you think about the games that he's actually been sort of overseeing during his time there, especially with like the PS4 exclusives, you know, you've got Detroit Become Human, God of War, um, Days Gone. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man as well, absolutely. And w- something that is coming out extremely soon as well, uh, Death Stranding, a lovely Kojima Productions title that mm-hmm. uh, is going to surprise and change everything. This, you know, um, Sean has done a lot of work for PlayStation, especially bringing on these, you know, these huge developers and overseeing these massive titles exclusively for PlayStation. So it seems very strange that that he is just, as you said, he's just fizzled out with with nothing from himself and nothing from anybody else. So is the curtain drawn on something that's happening or something that may be happening? Yeah, because at the end of the day, if he was retiring, which I'm sure he's more than uh, wealthy enough to just step down and enjoy his um, his balcony overlooking a lake somewhere, I'm mm. pretty sure they would have announced, "Thanks for your service, good luck on retirement, you've you've earned it," kind of thing. But yeah, to leave and not say anything himself, because he's very active on Twitter, um, is Sean. For him to just leave without saying anything personally definitely suggests some kind of. NDA business deal you're not allowed to talk about it until we officially announce the term that stands out to me in that tweet from the official PlayStation account is departing now Mm. obviously the connotations could mean a lot of different things but he is departing yeah Yeah, I've got a feeling (laughs) he's went into work and went by the way guys I've got an offer from somewhere else I'm leaving and because of his stature in the company it's kind of case of right you're an NDA you've got to go now like yeah today yeah potentially so where do we think he's gone fingers crossed are we hoping he's gonna jump over the stadia crew i mean i can't see him jumping ship and going to microsoft because no. that, that, that would be a very be, odd move i think yeah. there, there will be a lot of um you know competitive uh competitive clauses within his contract i'd assume now i've not worked in the industry but oh. I, in, in most business you know you'd see something like that 
I think mm. data goes for Nintendo there as well. I'd imagine yeah. he has clauses in his contract. He cannot work for Microsoft. He cannot work for Nintendo for like five years or something after leaving Sony. Yeah, like yeah. a timed exclusive on Charlie. However, <laughs> Google is brand new to the industry. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's kind of is if if he was to leave, it would be really peculiar if he went to a, a rival. And I think the reality is at this moment in time, Google's so new and Stadia is so brand new to the whole industry. It, it doesn't come with any connotations where he's not jumping ship going to a direct competitor because at the moment, I think they're so fresh that, that no one really knows. So him kind of frontlining that from Google's perspective, it just brings a massive name and a wealth of experience in this particular industry across. And someone who's great at getting these amazing first, um, amazing what single player titles that have built Sony over the last couple of years. It's made a name and for what something they mean, Stadia yeah. is slightly getting a bit of criticism around by the game library. Yeah. Mm. That portfolio needs, in my opinion, exclusives that I can only play on Stadia. At the no. end of the day, my, my opinion is that's why Sony have won this generation of consoles. Yes. Not from the hardware, not from what they've done uniquely, but other than these amazing first party games which they put out. Yeah, I can say for certainty when I was looking to get my PlayStation, I was looking at the playstation i was looking at the xbox and i went for sony because of the exclusives there was yeah. nothing there's very few things on microsoft saying that um i looked at when yes i definitely need to play that but there was loads on sony's mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. made my decision yeah i mean just look at their playstation hits catalog which they're promoting now which we'll actually get onto in, in a little bit with one of the other stories the reality is is that it's games sell these um these things they do. And without that list, that's not going to go there. So what do we think? Out of the three of us, I think he's going to Stadia. I, I would agree. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but I mean, I would... I would. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, that makes any sentence that has started that way, you know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I would love to see our old Sony Interactive chat move over. Um, he would be incredible. A, an incredible addition. The thing I'm worried about is the other big player in the field, which is Apple with Arcade. Now, I know it's a different market, but Apple, again, have a lot of money there. It, it, it's it's sort of the same sort of argument here as to, you know, new, new in the field in terms of that sort of area. Does he go there? Does he go to Google? My hope, my heart is on him moving to Google. That is what I'm really hoping for, because it it, it is a logical move. Yeah. I think when you put the two Apple Arcade um, alongside Stadia, I think from what he's familiar with, and if he's looked, if he's had a peek under the hood at these two, because no doubt he's got access to it. He's had these conversations up and down. I'm sure when they meet for these big fancy lunch meals that they have, that probably costs thousands of pop bottles of champagne and laugh over microtransactions. (laughs) um, I'm pretty sure that they discuss the kind of inner workings of what all these future concepts are. Project X Cloud, Sony Stream and stuff. They'll they'll all know behind the scenes, all the big wigs up at the top. Um, I think, yeah, lining up alongside, I think uh, Apple Arcade, Tom, very good points. And yet this is also a new thing to the market. But I feel Sean's kind of expertise definitely lies. And if he's seen what Stadia's capable of, if he knows currently what Sony's kind of plan for the future of streaming is, and he's seen them side by side and thought, actually, you know what? Google's got this nailed. They've got this right. Because, I mean, Sony have partnered with Microsoft for the future streaming uh, to some degree. They announced that last month, I believe. If he's seen both comparisons and thinks this is a good chance for me to kind of step up to that next level or that next step in his career... My money would be on Stadia, but yeah, Apple Arcade's not, like I said, Apple have that money as well, and if it's all about money for him, who knows? The, the, the thing that's sort of, it, the more I'm listening to it, the more I'm becoming convinced by it, really, but it is all speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, that, that He could just said, literally announce that he started his own studio <laughs> with well, Kojima, <laughs> and he's, he's off on a holiday with him somewhere. Yeah, and all the speculation is built around the fact that it was his decision to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. We haven't even considered that this might be Sony making executive decisions based on what Microsoft have started announcing, what Google are doing, and suddenly find themselves going into on the precipice of PlayStation 5 with something that is very different to what the other players are doing, and they may have lost faith, might have even lost faith in that vision. So behind the scenes in Sony, it could be a lot more rocky than we 
think he could I, be a huge, huge stage presence as well for for yeah. Google Stadia because at the moment, you know, we've we've had presentations from certain individuals over there, but but Sean Layden is is as you said, Chris, he is the face of of Sony's gaming wing, really, that we've seen at E3, you know, at any Sony events in relation to PlayStation. It is it is it is Sean. Yeah. But uh, again, just from his past, I think he's made a point before of saying he doesn't like doing the stage things, which I think is a big um, reason why, well, one of the big reasons Sony dropped out of E3 this year. Um, if Google or whoever he's potentially moving over to, again, he could have just retired or quit or been sacked for all we know. Um, but if he does end up going somewhere else, I think he might appreciate the ability to not be front and center and actually yeah. go back to his day job, which is just collating these studios for exclusivities and kind of chaper- um, chaperone and that into kind of what's next for their, their library of exclusives. Um, so I think moving on from that story, uh, gentlemen, as I'm very time conscious uh, still, uh, Tom, you had a story about um, people joining Stadia again, yeah. who we do know about, confirmed. Uh, do you want to fill us in on that one? Yeah, so um, former Crow Team's uh, Chief Technical Officer, Alan Ladavak. I'm not sure about the pronunciation of his name. I do apologize, Alan. Uh, Alan Ladavak. Your surname is either, Tom. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so former Crow Team, um, famous for titles like Serious Sam. We used to love Serious Sam back in the day. And more recently, The Talos Principle, which is available on a multitude of platforms. He has now moved and is now joining Google's München division, the Munich division over there, as their engineering manager. Just another Just one. in time for the end of Oktoberfest as well. Just another one. Typical. Absolutely. Yeah. Move to Germany, enjoy the beer. <laughs> Chris, Oktoberfest is actually in September. Maybe... So he's just missed it. Ah, ah, ends in October. Don't you try and catch me out on that, Richie. Ah, Starts in September, <laughs> ends October 6th, uh, which we are still. It's the final day today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm well, maybe well, that, maybe he just in, got uh, drunk in there and met the stadium crew. <laughs> maybe, maybe Sean's there. Yeah, the So yeah, Tom, you were saying, so uh, those games that you mentioned there, I'm actually not familiar with whatsoever. Okay. Do you want to yeah. tell us what style they usually go for? Um, Serious Sam was a, a tongue-in-cheek first-person shooter. Um, very crazy, very over-the-top, very gory, but almost, I don't want to say cartoony, but a- a- akin to, in a way, Borderlands-esque for that sort of humour crossed with the violence levels really um, used to be. I used to play it on the PlayStation One, and I believe through the PlayStation Two as well. But um, Talos Principle is more recent in terms of um, joining the market, and and that was a more story-driven puzzle, like sort of like solving puzzles. Um, that sort of like hmm. that sort of type of game. So very different, very different. But um, Chief Tech Officer, they are. Um, they are a, I believe they're a Croatian-based company. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I haven't checked my sources, but um, I'm yeah. going to quote you on that. <laughs> yeah, me too. When we find out. Fine, but um, again, another another player from uh, from the gaming, you know, from the gaming world who has now moved over to to support them on the technical side of things. Oh, yeah, so team are Croatia-based Zagreb. Brilliant. Zagreb. So I so think we can quote that's. You. Yeah, so the portfolio is getting bigger with all these uh, studios kind of putting their flags in the camps. I know we've seen Xbox buy about five or six in the last year or two. Um, obviously, Stadia have got their portfolio. Sony, um, now leaderless at their games worldwide studios. Massive portfolio of amazing talent there. Um, Nintendo naturally already have all their exclusive in the bag. Are we looking at a exclusive war going into the next generation, do we think, again? Obviously, Sony's... Well, Pip the post this time round. Is everyone bolstering their arsenals ready for an, a war of exclusive titles, do we think? Definitely for me. We've seen Microsoft aggressively purchasing studios over the last few years. Sony pretty much won this console war because of their exclusives. And Google, they're not stupid. They'll have looked at that and went, right, we need to be doing well there. I think that's where they win it sometimes, isn't it? That, as you said, last gen, Sony, uh, previous gen, perhaps more to do with the architecture. But it, it, it is a game. It's a game of look how many toys I have. Look how many names I have in my bag. Look how many things I can throw that you can't have. You can't have this. So, is it, it, yeah, yeah, I think I'm with Richie on this one as well. Yeah, it's definitely lending it to it. And I think um, 
I think actually moving on to uh, story number five, I'm actually going to skip number four for now because I think this feeds in better with number five, is um, we see, we've seen PlayStation now this week uh, have a massive worldwide price drop. And I think when we look at all the other portfolios, you, you said there, Richie, Sony hands down won this generation purely off their exclusivities. Um, projects and plans such as uh, Game Pass on Xbox fantastic does really really well um i think it's a fantastic subscription model you get pretty much brand new games day and date like gears 5 that dropped um sea of thieves uh and crackdown 3 day and date there it is it's it's for you to play uh forza all in there um do you think microsoft have probably been easier to kind of create this portfolio purely because those titles don't necessarily have the ring and endorsement that the sony ones do so Sony have managed to keep their foot off the gas a little bit almost, see how the competitors kind of flesh flesh this out a little bit. Um, and now they're starting to really tighten the screw on actually what this could mean for next gen. Yeah, I think, well, you tend to innovate more when you're probably behind because you're looking for ways to catch up and then get ahead. So I think this is why I mentioned that maybe something's a bit rockier for Sony behind the scenes have they been? They might have been wrestling the laurels because they mm. did this between PS2 and PS3 before as well. Yeah, they kind of rested on the laurels, a, a little bit arrogant to be honest. Yeah. and they've mm. done probably arguably done even better this time round. I, I think mean, if yeah. um, I'm going to take a quote directly from former PlayStation head Jack Tretton. Everybody knows Jack. Um, Jackie T. Yeah, um, stiffer competition with PS5 compared to last generation, and he believes for that reason right there. Um, the specs of the new of the new equipment, he says, sound fantastic, but there is going to be stiffer competition. And again, I'm with you guys on this. I think it is for that exact reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I want that. Again, competition breeds a healthy industry. It does. I, I definitely think if Xbox come out next year and they have, I mean, Outer Outer Worlds, which comes out next month or this month actually, this month. Yeah. Um, Outer Worlds looks fantastic. Mm. Definitely going to get that. Definitely going to jump on that. However, if Outer Worlds 2 is Xbox exclusive because they now own that studio, that's really going to um, create some thinking points for a lot of people switching over to next gen. If this lands fantastically well and it's a Fallout uh, New Vegas experience, everyone loves it. Come the turning point next Christmas when they announce that number two is in the works, it starts, like I said, creating that thinking point for people going, where is my money best spent? Mm. and these exclusive but that is like richie said that's the decision people fall down on is i want to go for this particular console because i want to play games x y and z the other thing you've got to think about in relation to this too is that the people who will be investing in the next generation and the next uh the, the next uh world of technology are the people who are new players to this generation as well so they've learned the lessons from this generation and the, the biggest market will be now be those people who are moving into the into the positions where you know you've got school kids who are growing up and now working you know they're getting jobs they're now earning money they're going off to university they will now be buying their own consoles their own pieces of equipment and so on so their experiences from last gen will apply to to next gen essentially as well yeah. What you mentioned there about actually um, people going off to university, mm. that could work so well for Stadia. You just have you have what, a Chromecast at home, a Chromecast at university. Yeah. You're playing the game, stop, pause the game, throw it in your bag, get the train home for the weekend, sit back down. There you go. Got to admit, on. when I was at university, I did spend a lot of my loan on an uh, internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> doing studying of course thank you government of course. <laughs> studying for for those exams studying oh yeah yeah all about yeah that. so i think just to, just to bring it back around then to the to the story in particular yeah we had a massive uh playstation now price drop um which i think caught us all off guard out of nowhere um slashed it more than in half i think in a lot of places around the world and um, the uk in particular dropped down at 8.99 uh, pounds and i think in the us it was down to 9.99 dollars uh, from 20 dollars a month um, which is halved and they added that bolstered that um fact up by adding timed exclusives timed being the caveat and um, things like yeah. god of war dropped on there infamous second son uh, and a bunch of other great titles as well great gta 5 i think was the other one um is this directly prepping and and getting things ready for the launch of stadia yes absolutely yeah. for me yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it feels like PlayStation now was kind of in the graveyard, and then suddenly uh, what Microsoft are doing, what Google are doing, they went, let's get this back up and get this up mm. and running again. Let's get it's... some good, let's get some top tier um, new newish titles out there. Let's cut the price to be in lo- in line with the other guys, and let's see if we can actually do something with this platform which they've been neglecting. Yeah. yeah, it's almost out of nowhere in the last week we've had um, Xbox announce the beta for xCloud, sign up now, test it out. Sony comes out there and go, you know this thing we've we've kind of had kind of going on since we bought Gaikai, not really done much with it. Uh, bang, it's half price. Here's some fantastic games uh, of this generation that are award winning. Jump in, trial it, test it out. Um, just out of nowhere almost. And it's very com- coincidental that Stadia is on the horizon as all this news is kind of starting to come to life. And I jumped in and I thought, you know what? Let's stay neutral. Let's try it out. So I went for the seven-day free trial, booted up Uncharted 4, uh-huh. and it was great. It, it was I'm, great. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to knock it. It was good. It was a good experience. It was smooth, and everything was running fine. And this is without the downloaded variant. This is purely yes. streaming. This is purely oh. streaming. Oh. Well, that mm. wasn't my experience. Oh, <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's hear about yours and Richie. To caveat this, we have discussed this offline. My internet connection isn't the best. I get about 20 megabits per second, but Sony claim that you should be fine with five. So I should Mm. be pretty comfortable. I tried to play um, Grand Theft Auto 5 and I had epic amounts of screen tearing and the graphic quality was so bad that I couldn't even see the reticule. I couldn't aim. Oh, wow. It was not. I, I, I was only in for about an hour. And that's all I play. I'm going to keep playing over the next week until my trial ends. But first impressions, not good. That's drastically different. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So this this is this is one of the conversational points that I think Stadia is going to have to come, uh, overcome. Sorry, and that is different people's internet and how it is going to affect it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they recommend five, that's actually incredibly low in comparison. I think Google's is at 20, 20, 30, 20. They recommend. Yeah. Yeah. PlayStation now caps at seven twenty. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's very interesting. That I know your internet runs off Amiga speed potato um, <laughs> quality, Richie. But still, yeah. I know things like Netflix and stuff usually ask for about a minimum of four or five. And I know a lot of broadband providers don't even bother in this country yeah. providing you with internet if it's lower than three or four because it's just not worth it from from both <laughs> ends. Um, but yeah, to hear that you booted up a game and to have I'm Adam, it sounds like that rendered it unplayable for you. Well, GTA definitely because I couldn't see while I was shooting. Mm. Quite simply, so... um, I didn't have any problems with latency and actual input of controls. That was all smooth. It's just, yeah, I, I, the quality was like 480 tops, and wow. yeah, because c- it's the GTA reticule is literally a white dot. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Couldn't see it. Mm. Wow, that's very stark differences then. So we've got one one side of the coin <laughs> saying, yeah, wax smooth as anything. No problems whatsoever. This, and then again, yours is different. Interesting. It was about it was about an hour of play. Um, it was about peak times as well. So my internet might not have been at its absolute peak. Mm-hmm. But and I actually, since Sony seemed to be dusting this off, maybe they'll refine that a bit further. Maybe something on their end at lower speeds they've had problems because I have read problems people have had these sort of issues in the past with PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that they're really going to push into the next generation, they might really start working on the back end a bit more. Yeah, it's tricky to isolate something like that when it's it's dependent on two services and it's dependent on something that's completely out of their control as well. And as you said again, Chris, that's something that Google are going to have to look at somehow overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to throw in very quickly as well is this week I read an interview with, um, with uh, I mentioned to you guys before, with, with uh, Greg Miller over at Kind of Funny as well. Um, in relation to um, the online player experience with Google Stadia too. So I don't want to get too off topic with this one, but if you imagine one of the big things at the moment is we obviously see, uh, we've seen an influx of Battle Royale type games where you see a lot of of online multiplayer experiences, like with GTA as well, having a lot of people in one world can actually change change the dynamic and make make it very engaging, make it a lot of fun. Now, uh, the way that works from a techno- like from a tech perspective is you have to make a connection to a server, but you also have to make connections to every other person in that game. So 100 people in something like, you know, a battle royale game. Now, um, with the way that Google is set up, 
all of those connections are going to be happening in the Google data center. So you only have to connect to Google and then Google does the rest of the work inside. So we might see a huge expansion with the way that Google is dealing with it, moving from 100 player games up to 1000 with no, no issue to you whatsoever, because it's like a giant LAN party where you get all your, all your mates, bring your computers around, bring your laptops. We all start playing Borderlands together. We all start playing Fortnite together, whatever it is. But the, I think the way that Google is going to be working things internally about sharing the way that games are, are prepared, ready for you, Richie, to experience over your internet connection is going to be dealt with differently to how it currently works with, uh, with PlayStation and with their Gaikai service with PlayStation Now. So hopefully yeah. we will see a better service there overall. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking for PlayStation Now. I think Google have probably looked at what PlayStation Now are doing and worked in the background a bit more. And as I said, it feels like PlayStation Now was kind of, until very recently, just in the scrap heap for, for PlayStation. I was expecting it discontinued for PlayStation 5. <laughs> I mean, the they'll, probably re, they'll probably rebrand it, I would have yeah. thought. It definitely yeah, strikes me is with the launch, they're going to put everything in one package together and just be like... This is PlayStation Plus. This is PlayStation Now. This is its new name. Here we go at a, at a fixed price point. Because again, you can only segment the subscription so many times. I'm already fed up of paying Netflix one, Amazon Prime the other, Now TV this, just to watch the bloody shows that I want to watch. Like if you're gonna do that yeah. with my games as well, I'm gonna get fed up. And I think that's again where Stadia gets to come in fresh off the bounce and say this is the price point for the pro. You get your free games every month. Your libraries here. Take it anywhere you want. Feel free to drop the Stadia base if you're not using it. Yeah, and just Which drop is down. Free. Like, subscribe in and out, in and out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's I think, uh, huge news. Um, I think we're probably going to hear more stuff over the coming weeks from everyone's going to come out of the woodwork and now start shouting, touting about uh, streaming and what the future of it looks like. Um, so, actually, I don't want to spend too much time on it, um, but we actually did have um, one of our followers actually write in Te- technically probably our first one that is now ourselves our only one <laughs> our only no don't say that richie there's thousands of them out there i remember all them texans and uh Floridians <laughs> who wrote in specifically yeah. about it uh, but yeah well, i just wanted Texas to give a shout Florida. out a uh, massive shout out and a thank you to ben moxham on twitter um who's yeah definitely our most devout of followers at the moment uh who's not been bribed uh, and he <laughs> writes in um, with probably our topic of the show. I know we're running late on time, so it's the topic of the show at the end here. Um, but he asks, what are your thoughts on the negativity towards Stadia and how can Google convince diehard console fans to give Stadia a go? And that's the thought that's on everyone's mind at the moment, I think. Yeah. Subconsciously, it's deep there. Richie? Um, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. It, there's lots of different issues regarding negative everyone i've looked at i've been doing a lot of reading do auction load various youtube videos of people seem uninterested or disliking it in general Liking it and up. yeah there's a lot of different things people are not happy with like the potential of not being able to do modding in games is um it, there is something there but i kind of think well pc is still going to exist yeah yeah I think um, I think a big thing, um, Ben, for you, what probably all of us are here thinking already is we've all been quite open-minded with Stadia and streaming going forward. And I think, unfortunately, you're always going to get this. It just takes a like-minded individual or individuals to try something new. We all did it when we were kids and your parents told you to taste this new food and you turned your nose up at it. And guess what? It's Nothing chocolate. changed. You love it. It's chocolate. Always eat chocolate. <laughs> but no, the reality is, yeah, is you're going to get people who are negative towards anything you. People don't like change. That That is the reality. That's the reality in life. And if they're going to come to you with this brand new proposition, they're asking for money up front and you've not seen any proof uh, as to if it's going to even work yet, people are going to be uh, slightly negative towards it because it's human instinct to just push back against anything that is unknown to us. Um, but yeah, I did a bit of research, looked into it didn't spend too much time watching youtube videos because like you said if they're, if they're just going to tout negative stuff for 30 20 minute segments then what's what's the point i don't i don't follow people on youtube for that kind of thing i don't yeah, I, was, uh, I was just looking to get the general themes and there's things like game yeah. ownership google's yeah, business I'm, model I mean, if, the limitations yeah. for smaller developers so there is yeah. general actual valid criticisms in there 
Oh, it's yeah. the ones that are neutral. And again, they don't kind of put all their eggs in one basket and just come out straight away and say, this is crap. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, even they haven't even seen it yet. So again, uh, some of the ones I looked at, there's one which has got about uh, 350,000 views. And less than a minute into his video, he, he, and I quote, is the absolute worst thing to be excited for in gaming history. Great. If you're going to start your video off like that, mate, you're not pretty, not open to trying anything new. <laughs> um, and the reality is, if we look at other industries, the video and music industry both have this issue where people are reluctant. People like their CDs, people like their DVDs. And where are we now? We're in a world where Netflix and Amazon Prime rule the roost in terms of video content output. Spotify and Tidal and iTunes run the music one. And guess what? No one buys CDs anymore. DVDs are on the decline. We we just end up in a position where you, you end up having two nested arguments sitting side by side. You have two you have two communities that sit side by side. And I think as you say before, you can't be negative from the get go because you've got to remain open minded and you've got to have a look at the product before you can make an official judgment. We've only been told, you know, it's it's all speculation until it actually comes out, until the founders' kits are actually delivered. We can only say, you know, what we think is going to happen. So. Give it until, you know, a, a couple of weeks, a month and after launch. And let's let's talk about this again. But on the other side of that, like how can Google convince console fans to give it a go? Well, you know, first things first, it is going to be for the most part, once it's completely rolled out, that anyone can access it. So maybe Google throws out an incentive to try to get people into it. Maybe you know, we've already got Destiny 2 that's going to be included uh, with the initial package here, but Google will surely be looking at opportunities here to try to engage us, right? Incentives could be easy. Just, for example, you mentioned Destiny. Maybe mm. on launch you go, sign up within this period of time and here's a month of Stadia Pro free, which you get Destiny 2 as long as you got your your Pro subscription active. Have fun. Mm. Uh, definitely going to trial. There's an entry way of getting plans. loads of people in with no benefit, no like downside to them. They can just go, okay, download the app or open your Chrome browser. I'm in, I'm in play Destiny for a couple of weeks and go, IVS for me or not. Yeah. Yeah. This And this is where I think their portfolio, I think initially they need probably a, a, a bigger fleshed out launch one because like you said, the negativity that comes with it, people want to sign in um, to this Google Stadia thing as they do Netflix and have that kind of library of games to, to go. And I think a lot of the negativity is, I think people, when Google said they were going to do the streaming service, people defaulted to that Netflix model where they're expecting a full panel of 20, 30 games, just a la carte, ready to choose, pick and play for one subscription fee, which hasn't happened. People are disappointed that they're going to have to buy the games. People are arguing, saying it's expensive, that this is the price. It's the price for everywhere. You go Xbox, you go PlayStation, you go Nintendo, you're paying that premium because gaming, unfortunately, is not a cheap hobby. <laughs> it's not right. free. You don't get stuff for free. That's, again, back to what we spoke about business. That's life. You pay for what you want. It's yeah. not, not free. They've got no reason to give you two for free. Yeah. Um, but as with anything new, I think, yeah, Ben, um, negativity towards Stadia, you're going to get it. Any new launch, you're going to get it. And yeah. unfortunately, is until it's out and we've all got it in our hands and we're all testing it. Maybe just give it, like Tom said, a couple yeah. of months, a year. We'll see how it goes um, come that point. Um, yeah, anything else yeah. on that, gentlemen? Well, the only thing I'd add is just if you look at Stadia and you go, yeah, this isn't for me, then just don't buy it. That's fine. Yeah. It's not for everyone. You don't, yeah, it's not. It's like a microtransaction. Despite what they you claim, it's actually not for everyone. Yeah, and again, by the sounds of your internet, Richie, it's not for you. Well, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yep, I can reach it. I can change my internet package in February. So that is true. Like, that is true. The only well, thing I'd we'll throw in there is, I mean, a lot of people go on about, you know, oh, Google gets bored when they create new things. You know, that they, they they bring out lots of different uh, products to the table, and they just they just sort of fizzle away and drop out. But if you look at the news, you know, you look at what Google have done, what they've invested into this already, the architecture is already there from the tech standpoint, and they are putting a lot of effort in into bringing on these these people who work in the industry already and bring on these studios. I don't see them putting that much effort into something where they're just going to drop it in, in a year or two's time. I think they are, they're investing heavily in the initial offset to try to show people that, look, we are serious about doing this and we know we can make it work. And I think for that reason alone, that we should stick with it. We should see how it goes and we should hopefully have something that is going to change the game. But again, it is still speculation at this point. However, I, for one, I'm sure you guys are too. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's, 
for me, I think it's one of the first times we've had a big player enter the industry with something actually that looks pretty cool. It's, we haven't had that in a while. I think I think that's what I the gaming industry Microsoft. needs. I think this yeah. is what we need. We need someone new in the industry to to revolutionise it. Because if yeah. it's just going to be the big three, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, we need someone new. And it's, it's, it is about damn time that somebody steps up and says, right, come on, guys, let's change it up. Yeah. It's exciting new yeah. tech. It's 21st century tech that's launching in the 21st century. And like I said, we've not had that in a while. And I can't see the likes of Sega pulling the finger out anytime soon and jumping back into this market. Dreamcast 2. Dreamcast 2, <laughs> the sequel. But the reality is, yeah, it's exciting new technology. And those who embrace technology, as we've seen over the years, I mean, look at us all now. If you look down in your hand, you've probably got your phone there uh, in your pocket or something. Ten years ago, touchscreen phones weren't really a thing without the iPhone launch and Android market taking off and stuff. Quick shout out to you, the first touchscreen phone. Yeah, and it's, it's all changed. Like, now buttons? I like buttons. It's yeah, just a quick shout out to our Microsoft Zune listeners. Thank yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like The reality is, it's new technology. People are going to be scared of it. But those who embrace it, again, it might not be perfect at start, but you know what? It's going to create competition. It's going to create a healthy environment for this these games to thrive. And back to what you were saying there, Tom, about investment, you got to remember, you can't just chuck money and have a game magically appear. It takes three, four, five years of development, creating studios, stories, actors, everything to pull it together for these exclusive um, titles we've been talking about. So they're not going to pull the plug because I think they put that much money into it on the front that it's going to take a good couple of years for any of that to, to bear fruit. So I think we've just got to sit, yeah. sit, sit and see. Be excited um, for something new and just remain sceptical. You know, yeah. we'll see what happens. Which you're allowed to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with not saying you it must yet. like this. Yeah. We could all turn around come Christmas and say, mm, it's not turned out as well as we'd hoped. But again, open-minded we're willing to listen to it so i think yeah thanks again for your question ben feel free to write in with any other topics uh, you want us to discuss on the show um so finally gentlemen just to wrap up because we've just ticked over the one hour mark believe it or not so the sequel is a lot longer than the original uh, origin movie and hopefully um, just a quick one then to wrap up games we played this week games we played yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm keeping, keep doing it. I keep doing Why? it. Yeah. Until someone gives me a better one, I'm going to stick with these segment titles. I kind of like it. <laughs> it's terrible, but I like it. It's Borderlands 3 here for me, guys. Borderlands 3. I'm still sticking with it. You know, um, we've got a bit of an event, uh, uh, an event going on at the moment, boosting the loot. It's been fun. I'm still rolling through it, enjoying it. Um, it has its issues, but Borderlands 3 is still a lot of fun. Good game to sit down with mates and just uh, just jump online and kill things. Excellent. What about you, Richie? Well, I'm still completely addicted to Tetris 99. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of that. And last night, actually, I played the first episode of Life is Strange Season 2. Wow. Ah, interesting. How did you find it? I really enjoyed it. I was, it's been on my cross media bar on my PlayStation for about a month mm. or two now. And I was like, I sat down last night, like, I'm in the mood to play that. So I just jumped in. Really you did enjoyed play it. Season 1, correct? Yes. I played season play one and the... before the storm. Yes, before the storm, I was going to ask. Really good played, games. Really yeah. enjoyed them. Personally, I played them both twice actually. Yeah, so the kind I'm of a big the fan only... of the franchise. Yeah, the kind of the only ones carrying the banner for that kind of telltale, yeah. slow story paced. Yeah. Um, thing at the like moment. Like strange. That's uh, Square Enix, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, Don't nod as the studio, I believe, yes, who worked on right. their behalf to make it. Um, yeah. But yeah, really great games, really character developed, and yeah, yeah they kind of leave, fill say. that void that Telltale unfortunately uh, left in their wake. They've got a bit um, of a different style to Telltale, where yeah. Telltale is a bit more comic y. This is the characters feel, always feel incredibly grounded. They feel like real people, not video game characters. Yeah. And that real. is probably the biggest thing they've got going for them. Yeah, real people with superpowers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, for, for me, uh, for me personally, uh, what you mentioned, Tom, Crash Team Racing has got that spooky Grand Prix going on. Yeah, gotta get um, Professor, I presume Doctor Embryo, got him Dr. on there. Embryo. Can't believe he wasn't in the base game. This is where we're talking back about DLC <laughs> and stuff like that. Can't believe get Mark Koala Kong in there as well. Get him in game one. Not there yet. Still guessing he's going to be in the next one. Oh yeah. Um, I'm still chipping away at that Batman Arkham Platinum. So I went back and did some of the challenge missions in there, grinding away. They're so hard, man. They're not even fun. Trying to do so many moves and stuff. But I've got that to do and I think a hard playthrough. And I might have that one in the bag. 
Uh, and because it is October and it's the Halloween season, I've started the Ghostbusters remaster as well. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. You, you, know what? you know what? It's <laughs> graphically doesn't hold up that well not that it did best time round <laughs> but you know what playing a game that's an original story by Dan Aykroyd Howard Ramis um the all the voice acting's authentic they've even got like Walter Peck in there um yeah really good story if you've not played it before if you're a Ghostbusters fan highly highly recommend it it's definitely a double A tier game um but you know what sometimes that's not a bad thing um I've enjoyed the clunky movements the basic fighting, but you know what? The story, then the music, the sound effects, yeah, they're all spot on fantastic. I'm chipping away at that one as well. And it's perfect if you want something spooky for, for Halloween this year Ooh, and you're not yeah. quite into your Resident Evil jump scares, anything like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if we've got anything else, gentlemen, anything else we've got planned for the rest of the week to play? No. Anything just, uh, on the horizon? Same old. Jump back into the Witcher, but still chipping away at that Witcher. <laughs> well, one that I haven't been, I haven't played in about a couple of weeks because of. Um... Link's Awakening, the Link's Awakening remake, but I need to get back into it because I want that platinum. Mm, get that, get that dirty well, platinum. It, Richie. Before, before we yeah, find yeah. out about these stadium achievements. I'll get that. <laughs> uh, fantastic. So yeah, I think uh, that's all we've got time for this week on Sounds of Stadia podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. Uh, all your feedback is very much appreciated and you can contact us with any questions like Ben did uh, via Twitter. If you've got any input, uh, that is twitter.com forward slash sounds of Stadia. Uh, why there you could also do us a huge favor give us a like a follow and a subscribe uh, we are also in video form over on youtube and i say video form with a caveat that it's actually just a static image and the audio playing alongside the video One but day. you know what get your content wherever you want it we're on all podcast services uh, that we're available to uh, google podcast should be live itunes spotify all those ones and a few of the ones that i've never heard of before but we are live and out there um, so if you're looking to switch it up to video, follow us over on there and give us a subscribe, um, give it a watch, share it with your friends and help us grow, I think, our SOS community that we've got here, all however many of us there are out there. I know America's yeah. a big country, so I'm hoping by shouting out these states individually <laughs> every week, slowly but surely people will say, hey, I know someone from Florida, I'll give them a shout. Yeah, um, they need some friends. Justin. Yeah, you need some friends. And finally, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, you can obviously support our podcast even more over on patreon.com forward slash sounds of stadia, where any donations are appreciated and it helps us, uh, helps this podcast keep on podding, plodding. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, so that has been episode two of sounds of stadia. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to my co-hosts, Tom and Richie. Once again, um, I've been Chris and that's us out. Thank you. Bye. 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 Yeah.